Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Grab Lives podcast. I am your co-host, Trevor Steppen. John Vargas is currently on vacation in Hawaii. So uh, I'm going to do this interview alone today, but I have his blessing on a very special guest that I was put in touch with um, when I started talking about mental health in our department. And speaking of our department, I just want to add that the views expressed in this podcast do not reflect any official views of the Los Angeles Fire Department. So back in January, John and I started this podcast as a way to start a conversation about a a hard job that was getting more difficult and what we were going to do about it as firefighter paramedics that were kind of left you know, to handle these new problems, these new problems that we had never faced before um, due to COVID, due to low morale. And in doing so, we've had the privilege of having some great conversations within fire stations, uh, off duty. And every time we've brought up the subject of mental health, one name kept coming up. And that name is Bo Porter. And we have him here as a guest today. Uh, he just flew in last night from Idaho, so we really appreciate him making time for us and sitting down. You can tell this dude really cares about the department. He cares about the wellness of its members, and I just want to welcome here. Uh, I want to welcome him here today. Thank you, Bo, for being here. And um, yeah, dude, we'll get started on just your story, bro. Like how you uh found yourself becoming more and more interested in this heavy subject awesome well thanks uh i mean first and foremost thanks for having me on uh it's a it's a pleasure for me as well um just one more step in this uh this outreach um that kind of started for me uh officially probably about a year year and a half ago uh i went through a ton of stuff um at home um, and at work, um, and I, I mean, I'll full full disclosure here. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like everybody else. Uh, well, let me first start off with uh, came on in uh, 03. Uh, so I got uh, it'll be 20 years in December. Dude, um, you do not look like you have 20 years. <laughs> well, thank you, appreciate that. Usually, guys are fucking. Yeah, pushing, they I know, look like right? they're pushing 70. Yeah, but they got exactly, 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> I know it's it's crazy to even think about, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I got 20 years on the department. Um, I've been at uh, Fire Station 33 uh, pretty much the entire time. The only time I haven't been on at 33s was uh, my first two houses and then uh, my year for uh, paramedic school. Um, so I'm coming up on uh, just about 18 years, 18 and a half years at 33s. Is that a record? Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, cumulatively, um, uh, there's a couple guys, Deho Moon has me beat um but uh but yeah it's definitely approaching especially in the firefighter rank um because i want to i just want to let our listeners know dude mm-hmm. not all fire stations are the same right <laughs> we have about five that the the number on the side of your helmet has a significant reputation right you guys call yourself fire city it's a, an extremely busy station in a very busy battalion so just to paint a picture for our listeners to do 18 years at a spot like this, it it takes a toll. It must, and it also takes an incredible amount of willpower. So yeah, for sure. I mean, my let's see, uh, kind of break this down in a couple parts. But um, my biggest thing is, is you know, I enjoy the job. I I love the job. Um, 
it is uh it is you know the thing that i i love to do um and then my biggest thing and you know i get this question all the time from everyone um is why i'm still there um and my thing is is i love teaching that's awesome that's my jam um and so i love the looks on guys faces when the the light bulb finally clicks um and uh and the enjoyment that they get when all the stuff we go over all the late nights um you know drinking coffee till two in the morning going over um you know roof ventilation or attic fires and then we get that fire and then to see them light up afterwards and be like oh man it's it's everything you said i i, I did all the things it, it worked out great and that's that's where i get enjoyment um and then also with with uh, just promotions um working I work with a ton of guys with promotions and going over all their stuff, um, and I I really enjoy that. And uh, you know, obviously the elephant in the room is is why I haven't I promoted. Um, and my thing is is I I enjoy what I do um, so much that I feel that the higher in the rank that you go, the more you get away from mm. the street. Yeah, and that's the street is what I love. That's um, rad. And uh, and so yeah, so I I don't. I don't plan on promoting. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't foresee it in my future um, whatsoever um, because I I enjoy where I'm at. And I enjoy the time that I have and the direct connection that I have with with guys. Um, and and I, I really like. I've told many of gold badges in the in the years is uh, you know I don't need bugles on my lapel to be in charge. Right. So um, and that's that's really the only reason that you would do it. Um, and so I, you know, I've never, never been in that, uh, that realm. Um, dude, I, I just want to tell you, I respect that quality, right? Cause we're empowering people to get to know themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the entire grab lives acronym is a personal assessment of how to get yourself out of a bad situation. I know a lot of guys that you ask them, why did you promote? And they said, well, I was told to, mm-hmm. Right. So I just want to, you know, acknowledge yeah. the fact that, that knowing yourself and knowing what makes you happy, mm-hmm. knowing that being in the streets, teaching young members, getting those light bulbs to go off, that's a rad quality to to know in yourself and to know what makes you happy and have the courage to keep doing that. Yeah. No, and it's it's been uh it's been a a long, long road um to to find that. It wasn't that I woke up in the morning and 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 decided that's what I wanted to do. Um you know, growing up, growing up, I always knew I was going to be on the fire department. Um, and I always, you know, ever since I was really probably 14 years old, it was all I ever wanted to do. And then, uh, you know, getting on young, like I did. Um, and then for me, it was like, Oh, I'm going to be, you know, an engineer like my dad, my dad was an engineer for 23 years for this um, department. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm a third generation LA city fireman. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, my grandfather and my dad and myself. Um, and so, so yeah. And then, you know, once I got to 33s and experienced that fireman level, um, just what was expected to know or what you were expected to know at that, that level, I was like, Oh man, this is, this is not, this is way bigger than I had, could have ever imagined. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I just, you know, like I tell the guys, the probationary members all the time is, you know, this is the role of the job is professional firefighter. And so, you know, just like Mike Trout never stops hitting uh, batting practice, no matter how many, how many batting titles he wins, same thing as us. Like you got, you can't, 
can't stop hitting soft toss just because you've been to a couple fires. Um, and so that's, you know, that's what I go with both the fire side and the EMS side um, is, is being a pro at what we do. Yeah, I'm being humble too. And I can uh, hear it in your voice. Oh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I messed up just as many many times as the other guy. And like both on this mental health side and on the fire department, I always try to take what I jokingly call it the the State Farm approach, right? <laughs> it's it's I know a few things because I've seen a few things, yeah. right? Just like the commercial, um, and that and that's it. Is is you know I don't claim to be an expert on anything. Um, I've simply you know been around the bush and and seen a lot of things seen a lot of people come and go seen a lot of uh calls um and so lessons learned from that um you know and and, and i going right back into this mental health side of it that's the the same approach that i've taken with this um and so kind of that's a little bit about myself and my thought process as far as the fire fire department's concerned um but as far as how i got into this so everything was going going great um up until uh covid um you know just like a ton of people um and then uh i thought i had a handle on it and everything was was going good i you know combated the living far away um and dealing with covid and and kind of the early days of where nobody knew anything and i ended up doing a couple of 30 years 30 day stints um down here holy shit um, dude 30 days on duty yes sir holy um shit. yeah so i did that twice during covid uh once during the big april rush um when it hit battalion 11 uh when we were stacking bodies um in the hallways of uh of the con homes up there uh-huh. um that was nuts right and i thought that was the craziest thing i would ever seen um, because it, it truly was i mean despite what you've heard in the news or whatever it truly was um you know bodies on top of bodies in the hallway with just a a, a bag over them and yeah. like and they were just moving new people in like it was just nuts um and so um the reason for the 30 days was mainly because it didn't make sense um and like i said this is early on when nobody knew nothing right we we didn't have any idea exposure whatever you know we we're out there in trash bags and paper towels yeah. you know i got and, sick uh, and slept at a hotel one night because yeah, i didn't know you exactly know, i didn't know what, what am i bringing home and so that was that was the big thing was it was like well if i'm gonna have to go home and quarantine for three days and then not, you know sleep upstairs and do all that stuff it was like well there's no point in me going home yeah um and so that's what i did and so and then you know just with me the thought process of me is like well i'm here i might as well work and so that's what i did and 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 uh i was i was a part of that um in battalion 11 because that was the majority of where all the vacancies were at the time um due to the high level and then uh the other 30 days stint i did was in december um of that same year um that was that was gnarly um, Dude, december of 2020 yeah gnarly and that, uh, i was i think i pronounced five eight 14s in one day oh yeah yeah we were doing anywhere between five and eight a day um and some multiples in the same house um i mean it was just nuts and that was all in battalion 13 um during december it was it was uh it was nuts um and then that was when i would say that i finally i don't want to say like broke on the job it was more of i just changed my entire thinking Mm -hmm. at that time and it was on a run um and i'll just talk about this real quick before we get into it but uh we were on a call and it was uh 
we walk in it was just like every all the other covid patients right you walk in there they're they're breathing 40 times a minute they're they're sweaty they're sat at 40 percent you know and and this this particular female she's 35 years old and i walk in and she goes i know you that was the first thing she said to me and i was like what and she's like yeah i'm you know i work at one of the local hospitals and i was like oh yeah that's right that is you i'm like oh okay you know and and so we started getting through our assessment whatever um and basically she'd been given an oxygen tank to take home this was popular at the time they were going into they were inundating the fire uh the hospitals and so they were just giving them literally a d tank and a and an o2 mask and told to go home and come Mm -hmm. back when it runs out right which is just insane but anyways so having done multiples of these patients and seeing where she was at i was like hey you know what this doesn't look good um and and so and these are her family members they're all around yeah and uh and so i go um you know captain's like hey you know let's get her loaded up oh i'm like hold on a second i go and, and this is kind of that that moment where i was like no i go let's uh let's go ahead and do this and so i walk out in the living room and i told their whole family i said look i go we're gonna take her to the hospital um i go but i'm gonna be completely honest with you because i would hope somebody was honest with me uh, with my family member i go she's probably not gonna make it out of this house um and i go we're gonna do everything in our power to get her to the hospital but what i want for you guys to do is be able to go in there she's talking she's alert yeah go in there and say your goodbyes um wow and and everybody's here and i want everybody to go in there and have their moment with her and uh because she's stable right now as she is sitting in the bed and uh and and i'll never forget the look on the captain's face he was like just like wide-eyed looking at me like and i go i got it cap i got it and he's just like, what in the world is going on? And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's rare, right? Right? These well, qualities. And I was just like, I was just like, time out. I'm just done. I'm done with this. Yeah. Rushing him out of the ho- rushing him out of the house. Done with then, the charades. Yeah, and then and pulling him off the bed. And then the minute you take him off the bed, they die on the living room floor. And the next thing you know, they were just talking to the family, and then yeah. now they're dead on the floor. And yeah. we pronounce them, call it good, and all right, see you later. And I was just done with that because right. I've been doing it so many times a day. Yeah, and uh, and so it was kind of kind of that final thing and so um um yeah so that's what i did and uh and she she did end up making it out of the house i did i to this day i i don't know what happened um she did make it to the hospital um but that was kind of the changing point for me getting out of that that robotic state um as as a medic um you know i've been a medic what over 14 years now and uh all on rescue 33 and uh and so it was just kind of that 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 moment where I was like, you know, enough's enough kind of deal. Um, mm-hmm. And that was kind of my my breaking point at at work that I can remember. It's um, good. It's a crossroad. Yeah, right? you have a choice. You can either continue to be a robot right. and sustain, mm-hmm. or recognize the fact that it's not it's not serving you and it's not serving our patients. So to go that extra step and to bring in that humanity, yeah. right? That that compassion. It does. It kind of wakes you up. Oh, for right. Sure. Like you, there, there's no going back after that. No, no, definitely not. And and I think um, you know, just that was kind of the the leading point to the the next kind of chain of events that started happening. And um, so the the number one thing that 
that was my, you know, basically end point, um, was when one of my good friends, classmates, uh, Jose Perez died. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's something that I still haven't even gotten over, um, to this day, but, um, that was kind of the, the nail in the coffin for me where the, the COVID stuff, the family stuff, um, it really sent me into a tailspin at home. And at the time I didn't know. Right. Mm. Um, you know, cause we, we had the, the funeral and the family and everything. And, uh, and I was, you know, keeping busy like, like we are like problem solvers. And, yeah. uh, and so drove me into a super dark place, um, both at home and at work. Um, and so I just kind of, you know, picked all the worst coping mechanisms <laughs> that you read about, <laughs> um, as far as, um, you know, just being, um, detached from from the station you know just kind of hanging out by myself at the station which is not normally my thing i'm um, going home being detached from my my wife my daughter and uh and then that quickly changed into you know anger and then you know luckily for me uh, my saving grace and i tell her this all the time is my my wife um of uh we just celebrated our 12th anniversary oh hell yeah congrats uh, thanks man um but uh my wife was finally able to just you know tell me like hey like this isn't you i don't know who this is i go you need help um and because uh, my daughter brooklyn um is afraid of you and she and that was to me that was the defining moment of my life like that was that was it i go all right i'm i'm in whatever whatever we got to do for sure um and uh and so you know luckily we we had um, family, friends, um, coworkers that that uh, families have have practices with uh, therapists and stuff, and got in touch with one of those. And uh, is this so through your family, friends up in Idaho? No, no, this is all down here. Okay, yeah. So this is uh, it actually um, is somebody that I we'd been seeing as a marriage counselor, just like you know, uh, keep keeping up on uh, each other and yeah, that kind of stuff, and then. Uh, but then kind of dove into this thing, which was completely um, different. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, so went through, um, well, I'm still ongoing, obviously, but uh, went through a, a pretty intense uh, six months of, of four, four days a week um, therapy. And, uh, and then finally had my aha moment and where I came out the other side um, and my immediate reaction to it um was how have i been on the department 20 years and i've never heard any of this right. um, it was so simple right um and so i did the only thing that i knew how to do which was i put a drill together mm. and uh and so i and for you know, our listeners really quick a drill oh is a presentation mm-hmm. on a particular subject right our expectation that we're, when we're rookies is we give a drill every single shift on either a tool or an operation or whatever, but we present it to the other members. Right. Yeah. And, and, and in this drill, I basically made a PowerPoint, um, that what will be known as the infamous PowerPoint as we get later on. But, uh, <laughs> so I made, made a PowerPoint and, uh, and I was like, I got to get this information out there because it's, it's so simple. Um, and it can, you know, rather than just treating the symptoms, um, it helps, 
um, basically gain self-awareness um, and an understanding of, you know, the number one thing, which is everybody feels like it's, they're all alone. Like right. it's only them. This is only happening to you. Yes. Um, and so, and, and frankly, our, the coping mechanisms that are taught to us on the job um, and in the, in the career uh, that we do is uh, that it basically boils down to two. Uh, drinking and working out right that's it that's all we're ever taught um and yeah, so really quick though in, in those 20 years right you must have seen line of duty deaths you must have seen suicides mm -hmm. right which is the leading cause of line of duty deaths for firefighters across the nation that is correct these lineup talks post you know the the news of someone passing mm -hmm. what would that usually include check check on each other just yeah kind of well a, and, that, and that was that was the thing was it was always it was always this very um kind of oh yeah you know check in on your buddy and and the thing is and and what i'll cover in the in the or what i do cover in the powerpoint um is it's kind of like if your car breaks down right uh or yeah your car breaks down and you take it into the mechanic the mechanic's like oh yeah you know there's there was a lot of things leading up to this to yeah. the, your engine blowing right right and you're like okay cool but you have absolutely no idea mechanically mm -hmm. of how a car works right right it, and then the mechanic's like oh yeah you know make sure you check this you can check the timing and you're like yeah i don't know what any of that means right um and so that's kind of my thing is is it's like it's this overall like oh yeah checking on your buddy you're like well i don't even know what that means yeah 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 right? what am i, I don't supposed know to look what for I'm, i don't know what i'm looking for i don't know yeah. what to say right um and and i don't know the symptoms for myself i don't know anything i just know like oh okay cool yeah and and the kind of the the overwhelming thing was always like well if you want to kill yourself get help right and it's kind of like well if you're already to that point where you're you're sitting there with a with a bottle of jack and a and a nine mil at the coffee table like we are way past yeah like yes there's 100 percent help there um and i urge you know the biggest thing is is that nobody ever kills themselves again um but my thing is is the proactive approach rather than the reactive approach and yeah. kind of what you were saying is is that it always feels like this only comes up after somebody kills himself yeah um and and then it's a hot topic for a week and then on to the next thing yeah right? back to duty right for and me like there was a passing of a member maybe six months ago and i didn't know him but i heard about his backstory I heard that there was drinking involved, infertility, and this was a huge inspiration to me to start sharing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've always been outspoken in my career, what I'm going through. I've always tried to be transparent because like you're a teacher, I feel like I can teach people through, through my life's lessons, right? But when I heard his story and I remembered all the times that we found out that we were no longer pregnant and all the times I turned to drinking and similar to your wife kind of snapping you out of it, dude, Leah has shaped me as a man. She has made me become even more accountable for my actions because it's not just about me, right? It's about, I'm ex an expecting father. It's about my lineage. It's about you're leading by example at fire station 33 people look up to you, right? So we have this, this, um, impact on everyone around us. You know, and so it, it started with her, but then these ripple effects continue, right? 
So yeah, and 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 speaking of, speaking of ripple effects and how I'm sitting here today uh, is that's that's all from this PowerPoint. So um, probably one of the scariest things uh, as far as nerves go um, was presenting this PowerPoint to 33B. Um, I'd been on 33 uh, Fire Station 33 on the B platoon um, for my entire career. Um, since I was a rookie and uh, and so basically this for lack of better terms coming out party um, <laughs> was was presenting this drill to them yeah and uh, and I was petrified um, yeah. you know I was talking to my wife talking to my uh, my friend my buddy's wife that's a that's a doctor in psychology um, you know going over it and over it and over it again like you know did I cover everything is it right you know I'm making sure you know because I, I knew that you know it's it's basically the drill that nobody wants to give right, right. and uh and so i i basically was like hey cap uh, you mind if i give this drill and he's like yeah what's it on you know expecting the usual you know uh panelized roofs building construction whatever yeah. and i was like oh it's on uh, mental health and, <laughs> and they're like awkward silence it was like uh sure yeah. uh why 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 did you do mental health and i'm like I just made it up because you can make up anything nowadays. I'm like, oh, it's Mental Health Awareness Week, which yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. even know if it was or not. Yeah. I just, you know, oh, okay, yeah, because it's you know Pet Your Dog Week or whatever, right? right? right. So, um, so yeah, so I I gave it um, I gave it to them um, and uh, and it went it went well and, uh, and was it like crickets or was it? So I got done right yeah. and and I, I I get done and. Uh, and they gave me a standing ovation. Oh fuck yeah, dude! Room, right, and, what an uh, amazing feeling. And uh, yeah, so that was that was definitely the the culmination of of and and just the fuel to go forward. Um, Is that what so, you were expecting? No, absolutely not. Right. Okay. I, I so expect, <laughs> I expected the usual uh, crickets. Uh, half the guys are sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, and it just so happened that it worked out to where nobody got a run. Yeah. And it's about an hour, like when I give it um, now. Um, but it's about an hour, and nobody was asleep, nobody got a call, mm. and uh, and then that that reaction um, just was, you know, total confirmation that I'm that I was on the right path. Dude, I love getting confirmation like that. There's signs all around us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Leah and I through these pregnancies, we look for signs. We believe in that. Mm -hmm. And, and I believe in that confirmation that you got that you're on the right path, right? Yeah. Because, and I also want to say this, dude, like all of us, our fear-based narrative, ego-driven, mm -hmm. dude, we don't know everything, right? It's, it's looking out for us. It's trying to protect us from these pitfalls. Right. And it's driving us nuts. It's keeping us up at night, going mm -hmm. over the PowerPoint five more times, mm -hmm. right? Life is 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 beautiful in the surprises 100%. you know what i mean and and you were expecting something and you got something completely different yeah for and that's sure. dude when i've been down and depressed before i've told myself well i've seen this before you know i know what tomorrow's gonna bring mm -hmm. when i started to have my like awake you know moment from okay there's no going back dude now i approach every day like dude i don't have it figured out right, right? I, i'm bringing humility into it and i'm bringing curiosity 
and joy and I'm, that I'm, and that constant involvement too yes and i'm and i'm i'm eager to see what what life surprises are going to bring right but dude i want to applaud you for your bravery oh dude, dude no, that station i mean <laughs> dude it's uh, our listeners are not all from la they right, don't know dude, right. that station you know like yeah. you guys have you no, know some members it's that, about as hardcore as it gets right they've uh, done some heroic acts right and i've yes. seen like hey so how did that feel it felt like i was doing my job right you know? no it's and it's that is the and that and that's the the kind of the yin and yang of the whole thing like that is that is who i am at the at work like i'm not going to sugarcoat it like i i am the the consummate professional in what we do and i take it just as serious as i now approach this mental health thing hell yeah um and and so and i and i really you know urge everyone you know if it if as hardcore of a guy that i am um can do this than anybody can yeah you know and, and really yeah. really pull the onion the, the layers of the onion back and and really look at yourself um and and it's you know kind of getting back into the story of how the powerpoint started so after that reaction i was like i was like oh man i was on fire right you know and uh and so i started giving it on sod days because i work a ton of sod you know doing the the schedule that i do um normally i I fly in for eight days um, at work, and then I go home for ten. Is okay. my normal kind of thing. How and, common is it for you to do eight at thirty threes? Oh, pretty common, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the vacancies or guys off herd or whatever. Um, so most of the time, I, I come in for eight days, but but a lot of times um, I do out of house side days. So um, and so I started giving it when I went out of house. Yeah. I, would, I would show up in the morning, kind of you know talk to the captain, like, hey, you know what, I'm you know I got this drill mental health um but i'm kind of given you know mind if i give it oh yeah no problem and some you know you get mixed mixed feelings and you know oh yeah no i don't think we'll have time today whatever and and just take it with a grain of salt um and so i started giving it around the city yeah um and uh and amazing amazing reactions um basically fellowship with you know guys from the rookie all the way up to senior members and mentors of mine um, and my thing is, is I would always, you know, give out my phone number and mm-hmm. be like, Hey, you, you want to call me anytime? This is where I work. This is where I live. Doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Any time of the day you have questions or want to talk, here's my number. Yeah. Um, and so how many people took you up on that? A lot. Isn't that amazing? Dude? Yeah. They're, no, everyone's just waiting, waiting, waiting for their friend to, to step into this, and, this role and for model it to be position. Okay. Yeah. And for, be, for it to be okay. Right. And, uh, and so, so it started gaining some popularity. Um, and then it got shut down. Uh, uh, I think after about three months, the word started getting around Where, and I, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, uh, I'm so <laughs> I'll eager. I'm like, shut you. down. Yeah. So, uh, they, uh, Chiefs got together um, and they basically said, you know, hey, uh, we've heard about this this uh, PowerPoint. Um, you know, what what training do you have to, to give this? And I go, you know, I was basically like, I, I don't have any training. I go, but it's just a drill. There's no politics in it. There's no personal opinion. My entire uh, PowerPoint is um, bibliographed um, and all the every single slide has where i got it from um this is not um my message i'm strictly a messenger yeah um and this is all from this isn't fringe anything this is just information for guys to understand stress the effects um and how to how to get um positive uh coping mechanisms 
and strategies that can lead to a better outcome for everyone. And they go, well, you know, you'd have to work with the behavioral health with this. Um, so you can just send it over to them and then they'll edit it and then you can do it alongside them. Um, and so I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, and so I just kept doing what I was doing. Nice. Um, so fast forward, fast forward about eight months. Um, I'd been doing it, you know, here, there, you know, kind of got getting the word around, um, talking with different guys. Um, and, uh, all of a sudden I get a, a phone call. I'm at home and, uh, it's, uh, one of the people from, um, downtown, um, from the fire chief's office. Um, and they go, Hey, the fire chief wants to meet you. And I was like, uh, what, you know, first I thought it was a prank call Yeah. and I was like, well, what do I do now? You know? And, uh, and who's the fire chief at this time? This is Crowley. Okay. This is, this was, uh, last November. Okay. Um, and so I was like, uh, what, what, you know, what does this entail? And she's, and basically the, the captain adjutant for, um, for Crowley at the time was like, Hey, she heard about your PowerPoint and she wants to meet with you. So I was like, Oh man. Okay. And I uh, went in there. Um, and, and regardless of all the, you know, political mumbo jumbo, um, super genuine, um, super awesome. Um, and basically after my, my 15 minute spiel, she was like, give this guy whatever he wants. Right, dude. And, uh, awesome. and, and so, so yeah, so working with AOPS, um, which is behavioral health unit is underneath, um, working with AOPS and the behavioral health unit on the fire side. Um, they, we went out, we, because they go, Hey, what do you need? What do you want? The, the, the chief, you know, you're the flavor of the week. What do you want? Yeah. And, I was, and I just shot for the moon. I said, you know, let's, let's do a, a video in the back of 33s. Cool. And so they, they came out movie crew, the whole bit. And we shot a little three minute video. Um, and, uh, and it was kind of funny cause the behavioral health unit, um, tried to change what I wanted to say. And, uh, and I changed it right back, um, <laughs> on the fly. And, uh, and so, um, so it, really quick though, the behavioral health unit. Okay. These are like three psychologists that we have. Yes. And that, and I, that's a whole, whole nother realm, but basically the problem, the problem with it and, and why I shied away from the department directly, um, was because of the bureaucracy. So the way that it works, um, is under administrative operations, there's, you know, there's a, a ops chief and then below them, there's a chief that oversees the behavioral health unit. And then underneath that is the, the doctors that are assigned by the city. Okay. And so this is where the problem lies. So if, we're having a problem with the psychiatrists or psychologists that go out to the stations and there's been negative feedback or, or just bad, bad juju going out at the, at the tables, the kitchen tables. And we complain to the chief that's in charge of the behavioral health unit. Well, the problem is, is he has no oversight over them okay. because they're employed by the city. Right. Okay. So we have no really, any say in what they say or we can't get them in trouble or we can't yeah the only way that we get rid of them is when they quit right, right. and and just to show you how crazy <laughs> we are is 
the last four have quit. Yeah, that's what I've right? heard. And so, and that's the thing is they start getting an onslaught of these guys and they quit because they're yeah. like, these guys are out of their minds. Have you heard what the wait time is to schedule an appointment? Dude, um, I've heard, I mean, just from people who've called me, it's anywhere from two months if you're close to crisis and, and crisis they, they define as, as suicidal. Um, and everything... Uh, Two months to six months. I've, I've heard the same. Yeah. And, Can you imagine and, being suicidal and being, being oh, told to wait two months? Well, and basically how they how they screen your call, um, and I have, you know, multiple stories, um, but uh, basically the way they screen your call is, you know, are you suicidal? No. Okay. Uh, cool. Because if you are suicidal, <laughs> cool. no, and if you are suicidal, they tell, them, tell you to hang up and call 911. No joke. And if you're not, then they go, okay, cool. Well, we'll... Uh, if you want to stay at work, you can. Um, and if you don't, we'll, we'll put you off stress. And, Which means uh, sick time. Correct. And and uh, we'll schedule you out. I'll have my secretary call you in a couple weeks, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll set up uh, your your program. And, Man, and I feel that's better. It. Yeah. <laughs> and and so so anyway, so back to the story. Yeah, here. they're so, shooting the video. Yeah, so we shoot the video. We do the whole thing, um, and it's it's basically me coming out as the face of mental health going forward right yeah. and and the chief at the time was 100 percent on board he's an awesome dude um and uh and so we're all in right send it off to the editor comes out great i mean and and just another props to the guys at uh 33s like they supported me 100 yeah. percent. they were all out there because we wanted to my my goal for the video um was to have it be as real as possible because yeah. that's that's what I'm about is authenticity, and uh, and so we had guys guys out there and their their turnout pants and the fire pit was going and and it was just me talking sick and uh, it was it was cool um, and uh, needless to say that that video got lost um, dude I was just about to ask where can I find this yeah, yeah. so it uh, it went to final editing and then uh, went to the behavioral health unit and then it got canned. Um, and the main reason why is because of the bureaucracy, right? And and the way that the department can't basically say that there's a problem because in that they're admitting failure, right? And and so that was kind of my aha moment um, for the department and waiting for you know the magical uh, soothsayer to come and save us all, right? And then that's where I really kind of pivoted on my my message to saying like the only person that knows or the best person that knows what you're going through is the guy sitting next to you in the rescue um and and really focusing on rather than a top-down mentality mm -hmm. uh, bottom up yeah um rather than a reactive being proactive um and and saying hey nobody's coming right it's up to us right um and and giving people the tools to be able to do that um one of my my buddies yesterday brought it, kind of said it in a different way, um, and he basically said, um, and he didn't remember where it came from. He just uh, kind of paraphrasing here, but basically, if you think about it, you go, you drive, you're driving down the road, and you see somebody on the side of the road, broken down car, can of gas, and their thumb out. Right? Most people they're not going to stop. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you see a guy trying to push his car to the gas station, yeah, you're gonna jump out and help him. Hell yeah, right. And so in the same kind of mindset of that, rather than sitting there waiting for someone to come, right, 
right? If you start and you take those first couple steps um, and have the tools and understanding of, of how to take those steps, yeah. a lot of people are going to jump in and start helping you. Hell yeah. Dude. And and that's that's kind of where what I really, you know, focus on with this with this tool um, and building those those tools in the toolbox, just like we do with everything else um, on the fire department um, is we're naturally problem solvers um, and we naturally look for um, problems to solve and and get enjoyment out of that because that's what every every day holds for us when mm. we, we're at work. And so looking at this, that's how I approach it and and basically say it now um as far as more things that are to come um pivoting away from the fire department um specifically um i i'm working with the the relief association i have a year contract for articles every month um working with where can we find those articles those will be the first one comes out this next uh issue of the grapevine sick and then every every month going forward um working with uh one of my buddy on the jobs wife who's a the psychologist um and uh just kind of co-writing articles with her for the relief association and then next month um they're redoing the entire peer support group uh, for the department yeah and, i'm going to that training oh as well as i Hell so yeah. i will see you there um and so i'm stoked about that um from the union standpoint uh, getting in there and, and really changing some um some mindsets and uh, how we approach this um so so yeah so that's it um i mean that's that's me in a nutshell of where i've gotten um as far as the powerpoint um is still alive and well and i forward it to anybody who wants it um and the the big thing with the powerpoint because uh, everybody's like oh cool you know you flash some slides up there or whatever um is is the message behind you know the initial shock of the powerpoint and and how i start the powerpoint out um is is really kind of sets into pace of like what we're what we're expected of and and so the powerpoint's called treading treading water it's a great Um, title and uh and so the first question i ask kind of the icebreaker the whole thing is uh is how long is the navy seal expected to tread water for um and so i kind of go around the the room and different guys say different things off 15 minutes 30 minutes an hour or whatever and the expectation for a navy seal is to tread water forever wow right yeah and 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 uh and so in that sense right of of the kind of that thought process is i go how many calls are we expected to go on in our career yeah right and the answer is all of them yeah right and so with that kind of mindset and understanding the where your brain went when you heard forever treading water mm-hmm. right was well, like hey, that's that's impossible yeah right? fear and so the same thing goes for when I say all of the calls, right? Mm-hmm. And and understanding of the the gravity of how many calls that can be in a thirty year career, mm-hmm. right? And understanding that you know the PTSD and the associated you know things of stress, anxiety that come along with just that habitual stress right and and this is some of the stuff i wanted to get into talking to you about because I'm, I'm really interested in your take on it um is is just that that maintenance right and mm-hmm. and being able to you know have that successful 30-year career and you know be intact at the end of it right and and so this is 
kind of what led me into the the problem solving aspect um, is simply the fact that the number one question that I get when I do this, right, um, and it's mostly from the higher ups, um, but you know, I've 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 gotten it from everyone. Um, is why are you doing this? And and so originally it kind of caught me off guard because it was kind of I thought it was kind of in you know <laughs> the Isn't nature it of it like yeah. like uh, why wouldn't I be doing this? Right. Um, but then I really started to think about it, and uh, and so you know because their follow up questions are always like you know oh are you you know looking to get promoted? You know right. and I'm like no. Oh, do you have a side business where you you know make money doing this? And it's like no. <laughs> and they're like well why are you doing it then? And so, and it really took me back at first, like it kind of pissed me off. Um, cause I was just like, like, wow, like that's, that's how like heartless and numb you are is that you don't even understand what I'm doing. Right. Um, but then, you know, obviously I, I looked at it from a more, you know, educational side. And I said, I said, well, the main reason, and this is my answer that I've developed now that I, that I give when I'm asked this is I go, my goal in this and the reason I'm doing it is so that not one more what not one more member loses their relationship um, with their significant other or their relationship with their with their kids or their relationship with their friends, their coworkers, um, and that they begin to have and find joy at home and joy at work again. Um, that's that's it. That's the number one reason that I do it yeah. um, because all of those things got taken away from me um, and almost, you know, permanently. Um, and, and that's what, you know, drives me so that the feeling that I had um, and what I put my family through um, never happens to another person. And if we, if we can do, you know, some, some self-aware, you know, self-test um, stuff and then understand what makes us different um, and, and start to, you know, really get the message out there that, you know, it's, it's nice to, you know, puppies and rainbows and we're all here for you, but to actually give real tools, mm-hmm. um, so people can be, um, and understand what they're looking for, what they feel, um, why they feel that way. And, uh, and because there's, there's a ton of information out there. Um, you know, obviously the most, most information's through the military because the money's there, right. Mm-hmm. Um, millions and millions of dollars, uh, a year um, that are spent in all this research in military, um, and in, in no way, shape, or form am I uh, comparing myself to any military person because uh, I have huge respect for what they do. Um, but my thing is, is just on a science basis, and and where they're at with their mental health is the tip of the spear um, as far as the research, the nonprofits, like all this stuff, and we're still back in the stone age of, mm-hmm. of going, yeah, it's shell shock kid slap on the butt, get your ass hit back in there. Right. And it's like, Hey, let's, let's find some middle ground here where we're not, we're not just, you know, being dinosaurs about it, but actually start, you know, integrating some of this stuff that, that really is helping them and, and really start to get some understanding on why it is you feel what you feel mm-hmm. um and and that's that's really the basis for the whole the whole powerpoint and uh and then obviously that leads into to more talks um and specifics but it, it's crazy because as i give the 
my spiel <laughs> more and more. Um, it it amazes me how many people come up to me afterwards and like, dude, it, do you have a camera in my house? Like, <laughs> what you were saying up there is exactly what happens in my house. I've heard the same thing from um, previous episodes, and uh, and so it's just funny because it's um, it's it really is a lot of people. And the number one number one thing um, that I that I really like hone in on is uh, is the going home aspect. Same. Um, and so because you got to give yourself a fair shot. And, and what I mean by that is we can talk about, you know, all the good stress and bad stress and the cumulative or the single event, um, stressors that cause all of this. Um, and, and, you know, I can go on for hours about all of them. Um, but I think the, the big thing is, is the self-awareness because regardless of whether you got it from a single event or a cumulative or a bad 120 or whatever the case may be um, is the fact of having a self-awareness to give yourself a number. And what I mean by this is a number of where you're at, right? We constantly ask patients all the time, you know, what number is your chest pain? What number of pain you're in your leg, all that stuff, right? So start, it's not like it's foreign to us. Mm -hmm. So start giving yourself a number when you get in the car to go home and because this is this is where the two foundational pillars kind of kind of separate um and you have you have your work pillar and you have your home pillar right and so your work pillar um and kind of historically like your work pillar was always if things were bad at home you go to work and hang out with hang out with the the co-workers at work kind of blow off some steam and and everything was right in the world and then you you know go back home and and as long as those two pillars kind of kind of existed you were kind of okay same thing if hard at work you go home talk about how crappy work is and then kind of write the ship and then you'd go back right this was our coping strategy um is what what that's called if if you, if you don't know um how that works but yeah basically dealing with your stress is called coping and having a coping strategy is how you deal with your daily life and 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 so pretty much everyone on a natural basis has a coping strategy that they work or that they use um and that works just fine they kind of you know meander through life and and they're not not really thriving um but they're just you know they're getting through the day yeah they're surviving they're surviving right and uh and so with that um those coping strategies that's where covid just threw that all into a tailspin yeah right because everybody that had one before all of a sudden, all of the rules were out the window, right? Whether that's, you know, the kids are staying home, mm -hmm. um, the, the uh, significant others staying home, right? Yeah. They don't have to go to work anymore. They're, From dual they're income online. to single income. Right, or they're, they're all online now. And, then, and it just threw everything in a tailspin for that natural coping strategy that you had up until that point. So that sent a lot of people into a tailspin because they couldn't do their normal routine, right? And everybody, you know, Firefighters are one of the worst in, in routines. The fact that everything, you know, everything has a time, a place, everything like that. Um, and so, so that it threw a lot of people in a tailspin as far as what their normal routine was that they dealt with stress. Not to mention that the increase, um, you know, the, the 20, 20 or so common stressors during that time where normal, normal average people would have three to five of those, you know, 
I usually do a show of hands and it's usually all 20. Right. Right. When you talk about, you know, the common stressors, which are, you know, money, uh, sick, sickness in the family, um, uh, you know, recent death of the family, like all those, the common stressors, it's everybody, right? Everybody had all of them. Yeah. Um, and so, so with that, that coping strategy, um, it, it started to go into a tailspin and guys started reaching out and trying to figure out what worked and what didn't. And, and most commonly with the fallout is, is, is anger, right? Because anytime we can't solve a problem, we get angry yeah. with ourselves and with other people. Um, and so, and, and different people do different things and some do anger, some do withdrawal, right? And, and it's, these are all the coping mechanisms that as you get into the, the science of it, but these are all coping mechanisms. Um, and uh, as you go through these coping mechanisms, you're trying to find a solution. Um, and with those solutions, uh, a lot of times you don't know what the solution is because you've never been taught any of these mental health verbiage, you know, things. And so you're just kind of, you know, grabbing it, grabbing at straws, you know, like, oh, man, I, you know, like I said, or the very beginning, you know, the only two coping mechanisms we're ever taught um, is drinking in, in the gym. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we fall back to, whether it's, you know, oh, well, the, going to the gym isn't working anymore. I'm already going four times a week and, and I'm not any happier. Yeah, or I'm so too then, tired to work yeah, out. Yeah, or I'm now. too tired to work out or I try something new with jujitsu or whatever the flavor of the week is, CrossFit, what have you. And it's like, that ain't working anymore. Or like you said, I'm too tired to do that. I can't sleep at all. I'm in the doldrums. That's what I call it. Um, where it's just, you know, night is day, day is night. It's just one big giant, just noise. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and so, so because of that, what ends up happening is, is you start breaking down your foundational stuff. And, and what I mean by that is, is you go home and you're at, you know, a nine or a 10, right? Because, you know, you had a, tough night on the on the rescue uh or you know once again you didn't sleep you got recalled uh you know you're coming off a 72 or a 120 um and you all you want to do and all you thought about that whole 120 was just going home just yeah i just want to go home yeah and i want to rest and i want to hang out with my kids and i want to hang out with my significant other and we're going to go to that you know, see the movie or we're going to go to the beach or whatever the case may be. And, and that's all that really fueled you, um, during that whole time. You're building these expectations. Right. You're building these expectations at work. Cause that's, what's driving you to, to yeah. keep doing it. Right. Yeah. And so, but then what happens is, is you go home and like I said, you're, you're at a nine or 10, you're already tired. You're just trying to make it home. So you're about, you know, two Celsius or C4s or monsters or whatever deep, right? All hopped up, just trying to make it home, <laughs> right? And so you're all hopped up, you're all fired up because you're, you know, already you're mad excited, at work yeah. and, you, and you're excited. <laughs> yeah. And so you walk in and then, which brings me into my, my next point, but, and I'll explain why this happens, but you walk in the door and immediately you go, why are the toys on the ground? Yeah. Why, why are the dishes in the sink? Right. What, what, what is, why is, why is the, the bike out in the front yard? Right. Like, and then you start just immediately going into your normal routine at work. Right. Yeah. Like, why isn't the toilet paper changed out? Why aren't these floors mopped? Right. Why isn't the trash taken out? And so 
you just immediately go into that mode because like i said you're at a nine and a ten yep and so you walk in the door and like it's like i tell guys don't ruin your four day in the first 15 minutes <laughs> great advice right Dude. because because that four day is so important to you but don't ruin it in the first 15 minutes because you walked in the door to nine or a ten yeah right and because then you're going to spend the rest of the four day apologizing yep. you know alone alone alienated mm -hmm. you know the the wife's going to pack up the kids and be like you know what if you're going to be like this yeah. you know i'm just going to go to my mom's right Dude. and then you just sit there and you're like what the hell just happened right my common cycle my evolution of emotion for the longest time was anger mm -hmm. and then disassociation yes i would literally blow up and then feel completely shut down like a voice in my head would would be like apologize but i would have like no no energy or no no inner voice kind of coming out you know making words i completely felt like numb and just flat yeah 100%. and i would do that to myself dude it was a exactly. self-sabotage exactly pattern. and that, and that's and that's one of the the things that you really one of the negative coping mechanism is that self-sabotage and and um that's further further down the road as far as like when we're talking about co negative coping mechanisms but um just kind of finishing this point here is so it's like well why does that happen okay so great study i i reference out of florida central florida school of psychology um part of my my nerd uh <laughs> research uh, is I found this website online that you can look up any thesis from any doctorate nationwide nice. when they get when they get peer-reviewed and approved for their doctorate it gets published online and so you can basically go in and start typing titles in mm -hmm. um, or, or categories and it'll pop up and so I found this one out of uh, Central Florida School of Psychology um, basically this uh, uh, this lady was doing a uh, uh, going for a doctorate in psychology and uh, she came from a, a long line of uh, first responders. And so she wanted to do um, this study. And it was a, a study on um, PTSD and first responders and what makes us different. Um, and this is a, a it's becoming a little bit more popular. Um, but I think some of it is misguided simply for the fact that you're having outsiders try to put a name on things they don't understand. Mm. Um, and so I thought this doctor did a really good job and it basically boils down to two words, is hypervigilance and resilience. Yeah. Okay, so these two words, um, and, and when I start to explain them, they, they mean a lot more, I think, um, because they get thrown around and you're like, oh yeah, I kind of know the general definition of that from you know Webster's Dictionary, but when you really start to put it into context of what, what those two things, so I'll start with resilience. Um, so resilience for us, um, when we are in this job, and these, these two words really apply, and she, she did a great study, is it applies to law enforcement, first responders, and military. And, and the type of people that do these jobs have these two traits overwhelmingly to any other profession. And, and the resilience aspect of is, is it's that, you know, more popular, it's the never say die, you know, I'll, I'm going to keep going forward, mm -hmm. right? And everybody thinks like the military, you know, storming the beachhead and all that stuff. Um, but from, from our level, it's more of just the resiliency to do what we do. Like if you talk to a, a normal, 
you know, I would say normal person, but a, 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 <laughs> a non-first responder. Yeah, non-first yeah, responder occupation. And you say, yeah, we go without sleep for 24 hours all the time. And they're like, what? Yeah. Like, if I don't get my 12 hours, like, I can't even <laughs> say my name. And you're like, no, I, I got to operate on one hour of sleep yeah. and, and run a... Dose drugs for a pee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Run a, run a cardiac arrest on a four-year-old. Um, and so... So that's that's the resilience that I'm talking about, and and just being able to oh you know, I just just gonna keep going forward oh I haven't eaten lunch yet I haven't eaten dinner yet just keep going forward right that resiliency yeah never quit uh, never quit right and uh, and so how that relates to now your normal life is the fact of exactly what you were just talking about about that get angry and then don't apologize mm-hmm. right because that resiliency is is that I'm just gonna keep going forward right i don't i don't have you know i I relate it back to the the fire ground but you know i got to get a hose line in there to get to this fire out well there's a a a gate in front of there okay well i'm gonna cut the gate yeah okay well then there's a a a security door okay i'm gonna cut the door right and i'm just gonna keep going until i get water on this thing right well then you take that that work mindset and take it home and it doesn't work. No, like, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. It's a horrible <laughs> idea, right? And so, and so that's the that's the thing where you you get to this point where you're just you're just driving your head into the wall, and your your family's going, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And you're like, "This is this is me. This is what I do." Right. right? And then the hypervigilance aspect of it is a is a whole nother whirlwind that that really touches a lot of people because you go hypervigilance. What is it, what does even that mean? Right, and the best way that I've come to to describe this is, you pull up at two in the morning, half asleep, in front of a single family dwelling with fire showing from the front room. Right, a normal non first responder. Right, I always use my wife for example. Right, I, I pull my wife out of bed, drive her down the street, and, <laughs> and 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 show up in front of a single family dwelling with the front room going. Right. All she's gonna do is go, oh my gosh, there's a house on fire, yeah. right? And then you pull me up in front of that, and I'm gonna go, okay, it looks like uh, 16 to the front, front right corner, you know, the the Alpha Delta corner. I got uh, two windows on the left side. Yeah. I got uh, rolling steel gate. I got, you know, and I, I start picking up all the. Oops, I keep snapping, but uh, okay. I keep, I keep, uh, I pick up all of these things just with one glimpse, my yeah. two three second. Um, glimpse and I can boom, 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 start rolling, rolling this stuff off. Yeah. Right. And then same thing goes for our daily life at the station. Right. Like, like I was saying earlier with the, you know, dishes being done and Hey, did anybody do, you know, KP, which is kitchen patrol, like while the other person's cooking. So you go and do the dishes, you know, just being hyper vigilant. Yeah. Always on what's aware. Yeah. Right. And, and that constant, you know, and like you, you always tell the probationary members, like what's the next thing, right? Don't grab my broom, grab the dustpan. Yeah. Right. And so, we get entrenched in this hypervigilance. We get addicted to it. Addicted to it, right? It's a rush. Exactly. And so because of that, and, and this is where that self-awareness really comes into play, is one, it makes us different in the way that we think, right? And which is a lot of people have had a hard time going to a normal um, psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist, um, because they get this these normal responses from a non-first responder viewpoint that doesn't do anything for them, right? They walk in and they go, 
they go, oh yeah, it sounds like you need more sleep and uh, to eat well. Yeah. And uh, man, it sounds like you've been working a lot. Is there a way you can go to a slower station for right. a while? And right. you're like, what are you talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why this don't you go ride a helicopter? <laughs> right. I've had people tell me, why don't you just quit? Right. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, you're like, dude. And, and, that, and that's the problem, right? And so, so and, and, and I'll talk about that, the bad taste in people's mouth too, is like, that's the one thing that I want to try to avoid is by giving them the tools to understand what each one of those things do, how they're taught, and what they do as far as treatment, I, I hope that it would help per, uh, pe- people get to the right person. So if they were the ones that, you know, just want to numb it for now and get to the root cause later, this is who you call. If right. you want to get to the root cause because you're tired of dealing with the symptoms, this is who you call, yeah. right? Because a lot of people get bad taste in their mouth and that may be their only one reach out yeah, and, then yeah, yeah. and then they get a bad reaction For and they sure. go, I'm done, I'm, not, I'm out, yeah. right? And so so getting back to this hypervigilance resilience thing. So my thing is, is knowing now that that's how you think, right? Now take that to your house, right? And you're walking the door and you're, like I said, you're at a nine or a 10 and you walk in and you can't shut it off, right? So the resilience is what's driving you forward because a normal person would have would have been asleep, you know, five days ago yeah. and, and you're still just pl- plowing yeah. forward, right? And, uh, and so that's led you to, to be on the brink as it is. And then the hypervigilance kicks in because as you get more tired, the hypervigilance goes up because you're in that stress mode of I gotta I gotta I gotta figure out all these things all yeah, these things yeah, yeah. right not to mention the you know the 800 milligrams of caffeine that right. you injected and uh, and so so that you can't shut it off and so when you walk in that door and you you start you know yelling at the kid about the, the toys or you know the yelling yelling at the wife about the dishes or or whatever the case may be you know that the car's parked in the wrong spot or that the you know, whatever the, the the hypervigilance monsters is going when you walk in the door, understanding that to walk in the door at a five or less, and that's that's kind of what I've been telling telling guys that have that have touched on this thing is if you can walk in the door at a five or less, you'll have a, a huge increase in your productivity and enjoyment of home mm. simply for the fact like i said you're not you're not ruining it in the first 15 minutes yeah um and and so really checking yourself and you know i've i've recommended to to guys um disclaimer none of my recommendations are backed by thing it's just what <laughs> just a, a just buddy being experience. a buddy right yeah. and uh but uh no and i've i've recommended to guys you know this this thing called you know earthing right or grounding um we just posted about this right and so so what i've really found and it it kind of you know the scientist scientific background is 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 awesome and super interesting um but my thing is is more about the process right and so i tell guys like you know you're going home you're 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 at a nine or a ten you've been you know busting out the 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 latest uh political podcast on the way home you're fired up on the you know whatever stuff it going on at work you're hopped up on you know celsius and red lines and and then instead of going home and walking in the door like that you know if you live in a track of homes that has a park right yeah pull over take your shoes off and walk through the grass for 15 minutes set your timer if you want yeah right and and then just just bring it all down right no no music no 
no phone, no nothing. Just set, set your set your watch for 15 minutes. Get out there without your shoes on, and walk around the park. Try not to step in any dog crap, but <laughs> because that would just right set back you up, off, right back up to nine or ten, right? But uh, but yeah, so you know, get and then just 15 minutes of that, and then get back in the car and drive home. Yeah, dial down the reactivity. Just, just dial it all down. Yeah. And and really you you will start to see almost immediately and and granted there there's going to be the the guys that take a little bit more than that, right? Um and and that that being said, we we can get into other uh treatments too, but um but that that one really hit home one for me and I and I constantly I still this day I still use it. Um Simply for the fact of of how important that home life is for yes. your 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 mental well being, and that's really the the start of a lot of people's unraveling is when that when they start losing that home. Absolutely, and and so that's that's really like where you should really focus. You know, if 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 anything, you know, if you if you don't want to help yourself. At least help your family and your kids, because um, nothing's worse. And I speak from experience. Nothing's worse um, than your wife telling you that your that your kids um, scared of you, um, and and like how that feels as a dad, especially having a daughter. Because um, mm. boys are a different thing. Because yeah, that's right. He should fear me, but, <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it's and it's super important um, to to do that for for your family and for your kids. Um, because that's that's the one thing that I that I really hope for everyone um, is that they find joy at home and joy at work and and guys always laugh when I say joy at work because you know just the state of affairs um, but I but I really urge them um, to really you know kind of think in- introspectively of when the last time they were happy at home you yeah. know and that's usually an easy one like oh yeah you know Johnny's birthday or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, how about it? How about it work? When was the yeah. last time you were you were joyful? Right. And they're like, and joyful is a weird word, right? And and uh, it it's interesting because like you say happy, and everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm happy all the time, you know. But joy is about like reciprocal happiness, mm. and what I mean by that is is if I come in. And I'm just happy at work, yeah. right? I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. And they're like, oh, man, that guy's happy all the time, right? Then it's kind of just me. I'm just happy, mm-hmm. right? But when you're joyful, that's where I'm happy and my happiness makes you happy. Yeah, the and then we're happy together, right? Right. That's joy, right? Right. And so when I when I ask guys, like, when's the last time you've been joyful at work? Mm-hmm. That's the one where they they really put on their thinking cap because they're like, hmm, oh man, I I don't know. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like there had to have been a time, whether you're on probation or when you first got your badge yeah. or any of it. Like give me a joyful time, and and if they can't give me one, I go, well then there's your issue, right? Right, and and really challenging them to find joy at work yeah right and yeah it's definitely a lot tougher than the joy at home because home's so much better oh i but, know but but at the same time it's they, possible they work they work um in tandem simply for the fact that if if you're joyful at work and joyful at home that's where the the true happiness comes in yeah. because now 
they're not fighting each other right and you're not going back and forth and and trying to play the middleman between yeah, a crappy time at work and a crappy time at home right you're not sacrificing one for the other exactly dude happiness to me inspires like a smile like you my smile might make someone else smile but when i think of joyful i think of laughter exactly you know what i'm saying filling the room with laughter and my best shifts or when my crew is laughing exactly and like dude a grown man right it's way more common for us to identify an emotion as happiness but when we're driving down in the fire truck or the fire engine we see a group of kids wave at us dude that looks like joy mm-hmm. and so a big part of my journey has been unlearning you know what i'm saying i'm like put myself into a bit of a box you know as i got older as i got more mature i got more structure more of a routine a lot of the ideas i'm bringing into my life right now are return to this like youthful characteristic mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying when i when i swim in the pool for me dude my my grounding practice is water and and when i dive into the pool i'm not just there for a workout i'm not just competing with myself i'm not just pushing myself as a grown man i'm also feeling feeling joy for the inner child in me that has loved to swim his entire life. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the thing that we preach a lot here is forgiveness, allowing yourself the room to breathe, allowing yourself the room to find what makes you happy and not judging yourself for finding joy at work, right? There's a stigma that we're here to work. We're not here to find joy. Mm-hmm. But I can remember a time pre-COVID when there was a lot more joy. There was yeah. a lot more laughter. Yep. And it, and it's it's really interesting with that when we talk about um coping mechanisms, right? And how how we cope um with things and it's uh the more that you you look into it and you start finding some of the coping mechanisms where it can be anything from um you know tactile to um you know problem solving like that's the one majority of the people get get hooked on just because we're problem solvers by nature and we yeah. want to we want to solve problems all the time because that's what we do and uh and so when you get when you start getting into the emotion focused um uh coping strategy or coping mechanism sorry um you start seeing like these these things come up like you know the the coloring books and the and the painting and and uh you have the my big ones the contrast therapy and then yoga and then all these things that start coming up and then people are like you find where they're like oh yeah you know i i used to draw right i used to paint yes and you're like why'd you give it up why don't you paint well i don't really have time yeah and you're like well there's your there's your issue you're not allowing like you're saying you're not allowing yourself and that's why i really don't discount any of the the coping strategies that that people have because my thing is is if you're if you're thriving if you can truly sit in front of me and say hey man i'm i'm thriving right now then whatever works for you i'm in yeah um and and everybody's different you can never discount somebody's coping strategy because as long as it's healthy and it's helpful mm-hmm. then then do keep it keep it up you know keep it keep doing it make sure it's in your in your routine and and you stay focused on keeping that that mental health, you know, keeping your number down as, yeah. as I've come to say lately, but yeah, just keeping your number down, like, and constantly having that self-awareness to, to check yourself and say, you know, where am I at right now? Am I, yeah. am I at like an eight? Do right. I need to, do I need to take a minute or maybe, you know, throw in another, uh, session of, um, 
you know, meditation or, you know, maybe as as simple as, you know, reading a book or um, throwing on, you know, going onto the Apple Music uh, um, uh, yoga, uh, yoga now uh, uh, playlist and, and just, you know, taking five minutes for myself or doing some breathing exercises um, and, and really just being self-aware to that, you know, of, of where you're at, both at work and at home. Um, when you, when you look over your 20 year career, can you identify a time where you didn't want to bring your number down? Oh, 100%. Dude, same. Yeah. I was hooked on it. Yeah. I was, Leah taught me how to rest. I was like, I don't need a nap. It's fine. Like the, the city stole 24 hours from me. I'm not letting it steal a minute of my day off. Correct. And she's like, but if you nap right now, the yeah. rest of the day will be better. Well, and I think just, just me personally, um, like I, it just a pretty active person. And so, you know, I never, I never did rest. I, and, and I got, you know, obviously being at a busy station where, you know, you have your routines and, you know, I, I don't, I usually don't go to bed till about 2 AM, um, on most days, um, cause I do my best work at night, but, uh, yeah, you just get in this thing of like, Oh yeah, I'm good. And then you go home and you do the same and you never, you never rest ever. Right. Um, and so that was, that was something that I never thought was a problem right, until same. I realized it was, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and then, and then I really didn't know how to fix it because right. any of my short term fixes I was doing like, Oh man, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll try to rest. And then I just sit there and stare at the wall and, and I had, <laughs> just this overwhelming noise right and it wasn't until till my therapist you know taught me about what flooding was that i realized like that's that's what it was um and and basically um just to paraphrase here but flooding is basically you know this 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 white noise um and it, it appears differently to different people um but it's basically a flooding of emotions and um chemicals in your body um that the minute that you start to slow down at all it just all comes rushing um, Dude. and so for me that's what a lot of people um they don't not knowing what that was because that's i didn't know what it was i was just like there's a noise that i can't turn off i'm just learning what this is and i have this at work okay when i lie down in bed Mm -hmm. on my right side i'll feel like a like a vertigo like a spin yes and i'll hear a very loud white noise it only happens at work oh really okay so yeah so this was this was happening to me you know all the time like like i just couldn't shut it off it was like there was a tv on channel three yeah you know for for any older member yeah, yeah, know yeah. what that is but uh for your vcr just, yeah for the vcr yeah but uh but just a static noise that wouldn't shut off yeah. and and so um uh yeah and, the, and this is the noise that that people drink for these mm-hmm. are the, the that take pills for um is to to quiet that noise yeah um and that was what was happening to me you know and it, and it slowly started to build um you know because obviously over that 20 years um as you get more responsibility the stress level goes up right right? when you're you know a a 20 22 year old kid you know at the making 100 plus year like Mm -hmm. dude you're on top of the world oh yeah you can can surf all day party all night like this is this is greatest time of my life right 
but then as as life happens and and the and the responsibility level goes up whether that's with promotion whether that's with um mentorship whether that's with a house whether that's with a a, a a wife whether that's with you know kids like all of these things just start ticking up the stress levels right um investments um you know all sorts of you know stressors and uh but then things start to change into you know where where are you at and what it means to you and that's where the spiral can easily get out of whack right and so you know just let's just talk about drinking for ex- for example right you know it, it it seems harmless enough and it's it's one of the things that like i said it's really taught to us from the the get-go right mm-hmm. like it's just you know a cool way to blow off steam or whatever you know and like i said as that as a younger member like that's what you do you know right. you go to you do the vegas bachelor parties you do you know the the hermosa beach crawl like all those things and and i'm not not uh not advocating for those at all i mean they're freaking awesome at the time right but um but what happens is 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 knowing that that's a way to turn that noise off um you start you know and I just kind of do the evolution a little bit on on knowing when your when your when your coping mechanisms that you have in place aren't working anymore. Um, is is you start out with you know two beers at night. You have yeah. one with dinner and and one while you're watching some TV. You kiss kiss your 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 daughter goodnight. You know, read her a book, and then you go to bed. And then you slowly go into where your wife's like, you know, hey, you're gonna come up and say goodnight. Ah, oh, no, I'm gonna have have a couple more beers on the couch and then that quickly evolves into you know now i'm buying a six-pack every night to go to sleep yeah it's starting earlier and then i'm falling asleep on the couch i'm not going to bed i'm drinking till i fall asleep and then it's hiding beers in the trash can and then it's beer's not really working for me anymore and my wife's starting to notice that i'm drinking a lot so now i'm going to switch to hard alcohol and Mm -hmm. then she's going to get concerned so i'm going to lie and go hey yeah the guys at work are are doing this uh, whiskey tasting thing we're going to try different whiskeys you know and and just try to play it off and and what you're doing is just trying to mask the problem Right. right and and so you're not to the point of you know self-destruct yet and this is part of that self-awareness is you're just at a point of your coping mechanism failing yes okay that's it that's yeah. all it is it's not you're not right. you, you don't have diagnosed clinical depression you're not you know uh you know got anxiety that you need lithium for okay we're not there we're just at the coping mechanism that you had in place isn't working anymore that's a great perspective on it and and so so let's just teach you some new coping mechanisms yep. different things to do mix you know, it up to mix it up you know because yeah, we all build tolerance right no matter what it is absolutely you know and then like i take the gym for example right like guys you know gym rats right and then you start more and more stress more and more stress and then you know like i said you're, you're going to the gym and you used to go for an hour now you're going for two hours yeah and then you're walking out of the gym just as pissed off as you went into the gym because you used to go into the gym, you know, turn on some bullet for my Valentine, you know, rage for an hour on hopped up on no explode and, (laughs) and walk out of there feeling amazing. Right. And then as you got more and more stress in your life um, and more worries or however you want to, you know, categorize it in your brain, um, it stopped working. Yeah. 
And so then you're like, oh, I'll just go more or I'm right. going to try something new and I do CrossFit or whatever the you know flavor of the week is. And, and it's not working. And, and you're like, well, this is all I know is drinking or the gym. And we and resist so, evolution. Right. Because that's, well, it's, this is, this is the way it is. So it's, right. it's gotta be me. I'm the problem. And right. you're like, hold on a second. Like all it is, is the, the way that you were doing things before you've reached a crux or an apex of where that works. And so you just got to add, if you still enjoy those things, then still enjoy them. But let's just add one more thing to it to help you manage the stress level and then in turn make everything a lot better right. in, in the long run. Um, and so that's that's my biggest like message to, to people out there is is don't don't think that you're broken or something's wrong with you or that it's only you, you're the only one going through this. Nobody's going to understand. Um, it's it's not as bad as it looks, like it, or it feels. And and what I mean by that is is being able to realize that with some simple fixes and simple tweaks, that you can get back to that joyful twenty year old that you were. And it's it's not. I mean, yeah, everybody's different and everybody's situation's different. Um, but for the vast majority of people, it all starts with that coping mechanism failing mm -hmm. and then this downward spiral into the biggest thing, right? Which is we they call crisis, right? Um, and so that downward spiral is a, a, a series of failures that you basically place on yourself that are that aren't fair to you. Right. Right. Because you don't have the training, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the role models, the role models, the mentorships, um, and you don't have the answers. Yeah. And for, for us as first responders, not having the answers <laughs> is like the gravest yes. possible sin you could ever imagine. Right. Right. Like, right. If you don't have the answer, like, right. The, the famous thing of, I don't know, sir, I'll get back to you. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's the problem is, is like, we don't even know where to look, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. There's no library right. for mental health. Right. Like there is, but we don't, we don't even know it exists, right? Dude, you bring up a great point. I mean, how frowned upon is it to say, I don't know. Right. The, the answer is, I'll get back to you. Exactly. So in, in this process of accepting, being aware of our emotions, learning how to regulate them, be kind to yourself, mm -hmm. right? I wasn't an expert immediately. I've tried different forms of therapy. You know, yeah. I've- Well, and I'm still not. And that's right. the whole thing. This yeah. is an evolving thing yeah. that I'm just trying to help as many people. Um, and, and what really, like, getting into the kind of the full spectrum from the, the base level to all the way to the, the crisis level. So, in the first responder world, um, we go on uh, behavioral health problems all the time. Right? All the Psychs, time. Right? Yeah. And, and suicidal people, right? And, and so... When you have a suicidal patient, and this is just kind of a, a general observation that I've that I've had that I, that I think relates, um, is when you have a suicidal patient, they they always say the same thing, right? I don't want to be here anymore. I want to kill myself. Um, I don't want to be here anymore, 
right? That's their, their normal kind of mantra that they're saying, right? Whether they're on top of a skyscraper, a bridge, or just sitting in their living room. Yeah. Okay. So now when you take a first responder, um, and I, I won't speak for law enforcement or military because I haven't, haven't experienced it, but when you take a first responder that's in crisis, what's the number one thing they say? They say, why am I even here? Mm. I, do, I just don't know why I'm even here. Okay. And, and the two differences, okay, both equally want to take their own lives. Okay. The first person that's not a first responder, okay, they've already given up, right? They already, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I want to kill myself. Okay. The second one, is I don't even know why I'm here. Why am I even here? I want to kill myself. Okay. The second one, they haven't given up. They're just looking for purpose. Damn. Okay. And so, and this is this is my kind of come to Jesus moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is the amount of people, myself included, okay, that have uttered those words, okay is a lot higher than you think. Yeah. Okay. But it's always the same words, which mm-hmm. which really tripped me out. Because like I said, I thought it was just me, right? And the more people that you become open with and start talking about the, the heavy hitter stuff, you start to notice a pattern. And that pattern is, is all we're looking for is a purpose. Yeah. And so, and what happens is, is that the fog of all of this stuff, of all the failures and all of the, you know, the mechanisms breaking down and none of the stress relieving activities that we're doing working and, and, and the, the tailspin happening that leads us to that point is, you know, the simple thing is like, Oh, well, you know, you're, you know, live for your family, live for this. But the problem is, is with us is it's all about knowing the answers. And if we failed, we, we look at ourselves, it's our fault, mm. Right. And then we don't have the answers and we don't know where to get them. And so we fall into despair of not really realizing or not really understanding why we're even there, whether it be at work, because I just keep fucking up at work or whether I'm at home, I keep fucking up at home. I'm fucking up as a dad. I'm fucking up at, at, at my job, my role of, of being a, a the breadwinner, like, everything is in tailspin and all I need is a purpose. Like just tell me what to do. Right. And that's where my thing is, is I never want you to get there. I want you to have those tools in place that way before that you're able to be self-aware and understand the tools and know where to reach out to know what to look up, know what to Google know what to know what to ask and if you don't just like when you're in the station and i give you a drill on a tool and you don't know what are you going to do you're going to go to the other guys at your station and you're going to ask them hey yep. have you ever have you ever used this tool before right. when did you use it right same thing applies here mm-hmm. right if you're struggling with with home stuff if you're struggling at work stuff if you're struggling with a captain if you're struggling with you know a, a sibling or a a, a daughter or son um then don't be afraid to ask for help yeah um from and 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 it doesn't have to be 
you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the mental health unit. If, if that's what you want to do, then 100%, you know, but like my biggest thing is, is nobody knows what you're going through better than the person sitting next to you. Okay. And what I mean by that is the best person to bounce stuff off of is the person that's just been up for three days with you sitting right next to you. Right. Cause you're both in that, that cuckoo land. Right. <laughs> and it's like, and then the best part is, is like, they go, well, you know, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to say anything because now instead of one person trying to find the answers, it's two people. So Hell we yeah. just doubled our, we doubled our chances for finding the solution. Yep. Okay. And, and so, and that, and that's my, my biggest message to everyone um, is, is don't, don't stop looking for those answers. And if you find yourself in a place where you don't have a purpose um, or you don't have all the answers, do what you would do on a, you know, a PPE drill, start asking around. Yep. So. It's great advice, dude. Honestly, <laughs> man, it's been such a joy to have you as a guest here today. You've, you've got so much good insight, dude. I can tell that your experience as a firefighter for the last 20 years, as your experience as a husband, as a father, all of this has prepared you to step into the honor of being a role model for this department, dude. We're very grateful to have you on this podcast as a member of the same department. I'm grateful that there's guys out there that are like you, dude. You're, you're speaking the truth right now. I mean, honestly, dude, since we started this podcast, every single day on the rescue has included talks conversations about fatherhood relationships triggers patterns the job is getting harder as we mature mm -hmm. as the state of healthcare system in general changes we have to change with it right you talk about this resilience a lot of us don't associate the word surrender with a positive outcome correct but for me surrender came with acceptance I remember the first time someone diagnosed me with PTSD, I had all this denial. And then I learned to just trust it. You know, maybe this EMDR, I mean, I, don't, I wasn't at the Boyd incident, but maybe EMDR will help me cope with the miscarriages. That was the biggest trigger for me. That right. was the, the biggest stressor that kind of brought me to my knees off duty. Mm -hmm. And dude, it kind of, it rewrote a lot of narratives in my life. Yeah. Well, and, and also the, the, cumulative, the cumulative effect, not so much of like, you know a little bit here a little bit there but the fact of now i notice that the more that i keep my number down mm -hmm. right um the more i'm able to give the bigger pieces um that i struggle with more time yeah um and and better thought right, right? where you know things like uh hoser's death um that i would never touch with a 10-foot pole because i i didn't have enough brain power left to even try to process that. Yeah. Where now with being at a, you know, a better place mentally all the time with things. I mean, I'm by no means do I, I want to pigeonhole anybody into trying what I try. Um, but because there's a thousand things out there, right? There's, there's like, I always joke about the old engineer that, that doesn't want you to touch his rig at night yeah. right um and and what's what's funny about that is is that's his coping mechanism mm -hmm. right because one of the biggest things for coping um is tactile right and yeah. so and and a feeling of accomplishment so if he wants to sit out there till two in the morning and polish diamond plate that's his thing 
Yeah. And that's that's the way he copes. Um, so don't wipe down his rig. You just made me think of petting a dog. Exactly. Dude, we had a we had a therapy dog for a minute in Battalion 5. Right. It's no longer there. But, dude, for the time that it was there, holy shit, yeah, man. Yeah, so, At the end of a 72, just, petting a golden retriever? It's a trip, right? It's a trip. Yeah. And so, like, my, my thing is, is, uh, is yoga, hatha um, specifically, um, and I, I can go on a whole rant about why hatha yoga works for me but uh and then uh contrast therapy which uh for people who don't know uh contrast therapy is the uh the sauna for 15 minutes the cold plunge for two minutes and then back to the sauna for 15 minutes um and just my quick story on contrast therapy uh i was a like like you talked about resilience uh, you know obstruction to change but uh you know I was like, yeah, you know, I'll try this stupid thing, whatever, uh, get in the bathtub, whatever. And uh, so I went to this place. There's actually, um, believe it or not, it's 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 fairly new um, as far as a uh, um, a marketable thing. They're they're still trying to places are still trying to figure it out. Like there's only three in all of Southern California, um, but fortunately enough, in in North Idaho where I live, there's there's one um, where it's a they call it the the modern spa experience, um, but it's this contrast therapy and and it's not new actually they've been doing it for thousands of years the vikings were the first to do it um because after battle they would get into a sweat lodge and then they'd run out in the ocean in norway mm. and it would help them prepare for the next day of battle Hell yeah and uh and so that's that's kind of my at least that's the way i process it in my head yeah, make, it, make, it, make it as manly as possible yeah, but uh but um yeah and it's preparing for your battle of life but uh but i i do it you know, I'll go to work for eight days and I, I schedule it to where when I come in, um, if I get in late or early, depending, I always try to do it the first day that I'm home. Um, and so the first time I did it, um, uh, normally I would just like you were saying, like plow forward, like I, you know, get home, haven't slept in a couple of days, whatever, and then just coffee up and continue yeah. mission, right? Mm -hmm. um, where now I go home and I do this, and then like the first time I did it, I went home and I slept for fourteen hours. Wow! Afterwards, yeah, right? I needed it, and uh, and it's a trip. Um, the way you know, and you can get into the whole chemi chemistry of the whole thing, um, but it's it's amazing what it does um, for a ton of different things, um, and then the the hatha yoga is another another uh, thing for me, and the reason hatha as opposed to vinyasa or any of the other practices. Um, is Hatha is also known as the 26 and two, um, for people that, that do yoga, um, kind of a California thing. Um, that's how they market it is a 26 and two, 26 poses, two breathing exercises. Um, but it's the same every time. And what really helps me and help the couple of guys that I've recommended it on um, to is, uh, is the repetitiveness, mm -hmm. right? So rather than a normal yoga session where it's up kind of up to the teacher, the flow that they go through, it's kind of changes all the time. Half the time, you know, especially coming into yoga, you don't really understand what's even going on. You don't know what a dog to a grasshopper to a crow, like I have no <laughs> idea what's going on in here. And it's more frustrating than anything else when it's supposed yeah. to be relaxing, right? Right. right. Um, where, where Hatha or the 26 and two method, um, is the same every time nice. the exact same sequence you're building a routine and so now i build a routine yeah. and then the fact is is majority of the poses you can't do unless you're all in you got to be all in you got to dump everything at the door and be all in on these these poses simply for the fact of the balance mm. um that it takes to do them you have to be laser focused yeah and it's 108 degrees in there but 30 percent humidity right <laughs> it's all you and uh and so i love it because yeah. my competitive nature Hell yeah. is I can 
it's routine mm-hmm. so it's the exact same every time i know what's coming right i can do i can be my own um worst enemy in there as far as like battling to get better mm-hmm. and and do better every week and yeah. every day is different every day i mean it depends on what you're eating how you slept um and there's good days and bad days um but you're able to really gauge yourself um and uh yeah it's 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 a trip so i, I urge anybody uh that's that's willing to try it out um to check it out um because it's uh it's it's pretty pretty awesome um for that so but like i said there's a there's a thousand ways um and a thousand different things to to cope with stress um and the biggest thing is is identifying that your your coping mechanism isn't working anymore um and your strategy needs to change and uh and it's it's that's the biggest way to not start that roll down the hill mm-hmm. um, is, is identifying that, you know, that it isn't working anymore and to try something new. And, and there's a thousand different things. Um, and that's why I always urge people to call me um, if they ever find themselves, um, you know, struggling with a certain thing. Uh, let's get it. Let's be proactive rather than reactive. Yeah. Do you have any personal practices? You mentioned being on duty for eight days. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously do you, do you have a way to do contrast therapy? I know some fire stations have saunas and cold plunge tanks. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's funny that you bring that up because we're actually trying to trying to change around thirty threes to a to put one in. Nice. But uh, yeah, I know a, a bunch of stations been playing around with the sauna thing. A uh, bunch bunch of uh, horse troughs out there. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> the but, ice maker. Yeah, yeah. Ice, ice maker taking a hit. Yeah, but, right. Uh, but yeah, for, for me the. You know the easiest one especially being at 33s like where you don't really have a lot of downtime mm-hmm. um if any um is the cold showers yes dude so so, so happy you brought that up huge. i'll go dude if i if i find like my mind is not right mm-hmm. if i'm bringing something into work that is from home or vice versa dude i'm just feeling some sort of like anxiety one is recognizing it mm-hmm. one is asking my or two is asking myself where's it coming from and three is can i do anything about this and dude i'll take a cold shower at 11 a.m yep i'll just so hop 100%. in there um breath work mm-hmm. is another one i've got an app on my phone yeah. if i give myself two three seven minutes whatever I find myself, dude, if I hold the wall, right, mm-hmm. scrolling Instagram ain't doing no. shit for no. my mindset. Nope. But breath work is, is grounding me in my body, recognizing that I have a way of regulating my emotions, getting back into like a healthy circulation and getting out of my head. Yeah. A lot of my fear is just rooted in my head, right? I start bargaining. Am I getting to get three hours of sleep, yeah. two, one, 30 minutes? Yep. And and then, you know, just to talk about routine, um, yeah, the, the leaving the phone in the rig at the hospitals is a huge thing. Yeah. Um, simply for the fact that it's nothing good. Right. Right. It's nothing. Yeah, not feeding good. yourself and, junk food. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, but then also with, with routines, um, you know, getting back to the yoga thing, the, those two breathing exercises they teach you um, in that, in that hatha um helps you understand how important breathing is because i i never knew um like you're like oh yeah i do breathing exercise i'm like oh, i don't, I don't I'm know breathing right now. Yeah, i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> right and and understanding like the importance of it and the, the feeling of it and and really you know if you look up you know breathing techniques um you, you'll find a, a myriad of different things that people do and 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 consciousness of you know all the way from your toes to the, the tip of your your head um and and just being conscious in that but a, a lot of times you know at work 
we don't really have you know time especially like i said in in battalion 13 um it's you don't really you get stuck in the i don't have time i don't have time right. i don't have time right and then it leads to a lot of disappointment right mm-hmm. so if you have unrealistic expectations going yeah. into work where you're like oh man i'm gonna do the brakes on my right. car <laughs> i'm gonna get two workouts i'm gonna have three meals like yeah dude you're setting yourself up for failure yeah. right and so for my for my mental well-being i choose one thing every day and especially being there for eight days mm-hmm. um you'd be amazed at how much you can get done yeah um because a lot of times what happens is or it used to happen um is i'd set a list of things i wanted to do right i gotta you know and and, and be be simple with it like i gotta do my laundry mm-hmm. i gotta sign up for next segment to work at mm-hmm. overtime yeah i gotta you know check my my vacation uh coming up and i gotta you know clean whatever yeah. right my my bedding locker mm-hmm. right well, what, what would happen before is, is I'd get stuck trying to do the first thing yeah. and then I'd get pissed off and then I'd be like, you know what? Fuck Screw this it. list. <laughs> I'm not doing any of this shit. Yeah. Right. And then you just get frustrated. Yeah. Right. Um, because you were trying to do it all at one time. Expectations, man, cause a lot of suffering, especially in our perfect world yes. that we live in. Right. <laughs> like, like we have this perfect world of like everything goes right all the time. Yeah. And, and if it doesn't, Right. Then we gather up with our friends and we talk about how jacked up we are, right? And that's how we learn, right? And so we use that that thing with everything that we do, right? And and so having those realistic expectations for both yourself and you know the the apparatus that you're riding that day, that day at work, yeah. right? Having realistic expectations of what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? And and not, not you know not being the the uh, the rainy day parade every single time like man we're not gonna do anything we're getting no sleep <laughs> right because that's not beneficial to anybody either because no, nobody wants to be the rainy cloud but yeah. it's it's having those realistic expectations where if you can set one thing aside and be like hey you know what today i'm gonna read three pages in this book yeah three pages that's, that's it, it. Yeah. That's it three pages little rewards yep and so then you you know and you kind of laugh you laugh with it where you know, every time you pick up the book you get a run right and you just kind of chuckle to yourself like yeah. oh nice nice yeah, work yeah, yeah right and then and then you'll notice like as you start to accomplish that goal that it matters like where you're you get your laundry done and then you're like man i got the rest of the day to do whatever i want yeah right i i did my one thing today mm-hmm. um you know or or you you finish your laundry at midnight and then you're, you kind of chuckle to yourself and go up oh, you got me today. Yeah, just on time. Just in time, right? <laughs> and you kind of chuckle yourself and, and have some levity in, in, in that one goal. Um, but just, you know, that that's the biggest thing is, is, is setting yourself up for success um, and having realistic expectations. Um, you know, and then also, um, you know, boundaries are good too. Yeah. So, you know, and, and guys, you know, guys go, oh, boundaries, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean boundaries at work? And what I mean by boundaries at work is, you know, really understanding you know where where a healthy amount of time for a specific set of things is um and i'm a i'm a horrible example um of that simply for the fact that you know i'm i'm the guy you know polishing the diamond plate on the rescue um at two in the morning because i wanted to get it done and i'm gonna get it done because i always give good relief on the rescue and and so 
that's that's me right yeah. so i'm horrible with that but that being said is is setting up boundaries because they coincide with your goals right and not pushing yourself to you know basically overreach yeah. for for a goal um when you gotta have some understanding of being like hey you know what i'm good for today we'll get you tomorrow right um and and just having those those healthy boundaries so a way um, of looking out for yourself yeah just, doing a personal assessment like exactly. you said keep your number low exactly it's right. like how much fuel do i have in the tank right now exactly and and just just being aware of that and and really weighing the benefits to to what you're actually doing mm -hmm. and then like you know you know what i'm gonna do a much because this should be enjoyable. Like I, f I usually find joy in doing said activity, right? And then it's not enjoyable because now you're just push, you're just pushing through it. Right. Even say reading a book, right? And uh, or listening to your favorite podcast, or you know, whatever the case may be, and you're just doing it to do it, mm -hmm. right? To check the box, yeah. right? And be like, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe tomorrow would be a better day. I'm gonna bring it down a little bit and enjoy this like I do. And and you see that when things start breaking down with, with coping mechanisms um, and people not enjoying it anymore. Right. right. Like where you're, you're going to the swimming pool and you're like, this sucks. I'm going to fucking drown. This, That's this, dude, this, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. Why am I even here? This yeah. is dumb. Yeah. I hate this fucking pool. Yeah. Right. And then actually being able to like draw yourself back and be like, hold on a second. Do I hate the pool? No, I love the pool. Right. Okay. Why am I pissed off right now? Yeah. Right. It's not the pool's fucking fault. Right. <laughs> So why am I coming in here like this? And and that goes right back to self awareness, um, and 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 understanding. You know, really taking a deep dive into yourself. Um, and and like I said, this is this is not you know me having a having a you know sitting under the stars one night and having a uh, a uh, come to Jesus moment. It, this is you know months and months and months of work with with therapists and and getting to the root of the problem and finding out that it's actually really simple. And mm -hmm. then that was the part that fueled all of this is, is it's not, yes, everybody's story is different. Everybody's, you know, past is different. Um, the way they were raised, their upbringing. Um, and I can't speak to all the people that I, that I don't know about. Um, but what I can say is that no matter what is it comes down to understanding yourself and and managing your day because the cool part about doing this for first responders and my coworkers, and my friends, um, is that we're all in this together. Yeah. Right. We all joined the fire department because we were able-bodied, you know, helpers and problem solvers to mm -hmm. start. So yeah. that's that's the foundation that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm already in the wind column as far as like helping people because yeah. I'm already working with the, the best people around, right? Right. And so now just adding little tweaks and, and giving them little insight on tools to help themselves and help their families and help their station um, is, is way easier for me. And that's why I don't take any credit. It's simply... I'm just spreading the message um, and and that's that's it. It's like it's all out there. I'm just making it into a drill so you don't have to do the research yeah you know and and then maybe hope hopefully you know spark spark your interest a little bit on 
on whether it be some of the the coping uh, strategies and mechanisms that are out there um, and and the stress relieving activities that you can do and uh, and try something different that that may work for you because I'll tell you what six months ago if you would have told me that you're gonna be doing yoga and uh, contrast therapy three days a week when you're home I would have been like yeah okay never <laughs> happen right but but it takes that you know leap of faith of, of hey I'm gonna check this out yeah um, and uh, you know the it, it uh, you know everybody's different you know and everybody and that's why there's so many different stress relieving activities and and so many things to try and uh, and don't discount don't discount anything you know they'll don't knock it to you try it um, thing of you know look at what looks interesting to you um, if you're struggling um, just kind of a, a note out to people that are struggling right now um, that you find yourself where you're you know angry all the time or or you know not having the best relationship at home um, with your kids or, or your your spouse um, you know look into these these stress relieving activities um, and and it really is as simple as getting on your favorite search engine and typing in stress relieving activities um, and it'll be anything from you know painting to crocheting to needlepoint to cooking to um, you know the contrast therapy, the, the cold plunges, the, the swimming, different sports activities, um, to, you know, all the way up to, you know, the professional side, if you still are struggling or your buddies don't have the answers or, you know, anywhere in between, but, but try those things out, um, and give yourself, give yourself a chance, um, to succeed, um, of having realistic goals with it. Um, and then also, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to your buddies and, and be like, Hey dude, I'm going to check out this, you know, said activity. Uh, it sounds ridiculous. So you want to, you want to check it out? Like I guarantee your buddy would say yes. Yeah. Um, and, and don't, you know, don't, don't uh, make the decision before you ask them. Um, cause it's, uh, everybody's looking for something these days. And, and that's the, the craziest part is when you, when you start, you know, when you start pushing that car, it's amazing how many people stop and help you push. Absolutely, brother. Our struggles unite us. I used to only think that our successes would form a connection or a bond with a brother. But, you know, sometimes our failures or our mistakes or our life lessons or the things that are keeping us up at night, that's what builds a friendship. Yeah, more more than anything, um, you know, because uh, it's it's uh it's easy to be on the the championship team when everybody's when everybody's uh, jiving yeah and everything's great and happy and you know all the plays are going your way all the all the calls are going your way you know that's all well and good um but nothing nothing is better than being on the team that struggles together um and works their way up to a championship hell yeah right and that's kind of how i relate that um is you know everybody knows the Yankees are the winningest team in the thing. So you go to the Yankees and you play with a bunch of other superstars and mm-hmm. it's like, Oh yeah, that's cool. And, and, and you see the attitude of the guys where they're really kind of like, nah, whatever, you know, but then you look at the, the teams that come from nothing, you know, the devil rays when they went, I'm just saying baseball stuff. Cause I'm a baseball guy, but um, any of those teams that struggled together and, and, and really grinded it out. Yeah. And that I think is what we have that same, you know, one that, competitive drive 
Um, but two, the fact is, is that, you know, we've been, I don't want to say taught, but basically taught by, um, everyone before us, um, that you just, just bury it, just bury it. Don't talk about it. Um, you know, just, you're fine. Like I said, the shell shock aspect of it, of, you know, slap on the ass and get back in there. And so we just bury it and then it just comes, keeps raging back. And it's like, you know, there's, there's the time to do it is now as far as just being proactive with yourself. And even if you are, you know, thriving in life, um, it never hurts to have a couple of tools in the toolbox. So when Absolutely. you do, when you do stumble a bit, um, or you have something happen in your life that causes you to stumble, um, and, and kind of get out of whack, mm-hmm. um, having those when they understanding the simple definition of what this stuff is even is, yeah. you know, because a lot of people, like you were saying with the PTSD thing, like it's such a negative, like PTSD. And you're, <laughs> and you're like, Oh my God, I, I don't, I don't think I have that. I don't don't even know what that is, but it sounds horrible. Yeah. And then when you look at the definition of it, it's actually pretty elementary in the fact of like just the definition. It's pretty like, oh, there's there's an event. It could be cumulative or a single event that causes uh, stress to exceed your coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Like, oh. Yeah, it's not so bad. I guess I do have that. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's not this big gi- yeah. giant monster that, that everyone makes it out to be, um, nor are you alone in that feeling. So, right. and I think the, the more that we mainstream this thing, as far as just getting the word out there um, and, and not so much like being that we're problem solvers, and this goes back to being able to talk to firefighters or first responders in general is we're already problem solvers by nature. We always, you know, we, we, we just want, we want some tools. We want the knowledge space to, to understand what's going on with ourselves to start. Um, and then our buddies, um, you know, just like they, they teach in, in law enforcement, um, and the military with, uh, you know, as far as saving your life, it's, it's, um, self aid, buddy aid, Right, so you fix yourself first, and then you fix your buddy yeah. next to you, and and I I feel that that holds true to the current situation, um, and the fact that if you get right with yourself, and you're like, yeah, man, I'm thriving. Well, look, take a look around you, yeah, and uh, and help out your buddies too. For sure, for sure, dude. And I, you know, you talk about the previous generations and that that paradigm. It's a it's a limitation. You know what I mean? It's it's holding us back from finding our true selves, finding what makes us happy. That structure, that that keeping ourselves in a box, it's limiting us. You know, you can be a paradox, right? You can be a mental health guy at 33s. Mm-hmm. You can be a fire slayer who's looking for joy at work. You can be a guy that's super professional but is also lighthearted. 100%. I mean, and I think, I mean, obviously the most famous person that talks about this mental intelligence is Jocko. Uh, willink on his his podcast and everything that he does um simply because he's one of the most extreme guys i've ever seen in my life but um but the fact is 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 the fact that it's about that professionalism that i talked about in the beginning is am i truly being the best professional that i can be if i'm discounting this part of it and just and just turning a blind eye to it and and you know, 
it's interesting that you bring up like the the past being a third generation firefighter i've i've seen the past i've lived with the past right, right? and uh and it's it's super interesting because guys are like man this thing's coming out and you know we're start we started hiring all these new you know type whatevers and blah 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 and they're all jacked up and my thing is 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 if you look at how it was in the old days right because the stress has never changed mm. the human body has never changed uh, what has changed is the awareness and the internet really because then we can do our own research and and the fact is is if you look at the old school mentality how successful really was that um in a life standpoint and what i mean by that is 50 percent 80 percent depending on what polls or numbers you look at of divorce right right um how many retired guys that are stuck at work um working till they're 70 because they can't afford to retire because mm -hmm. they have so many divorces or they're or they don't want to go home because their kids have alienated them yeah. um and they have nowhere to go at home right um or they have drinking problems or they have drug problems or they're you know retired from our job with a great pension and are addicted to drugs down on venice beach or they you know how successful really was that generation that we we look up to and i personally look up to yeah. it um and and the fact is is it, it's like could we have been better mm. yeah we could have you know because yeah were we fire slayers 100 percent were we the best department in the nation 100 percent i mean and that's my true honest belief um and and uh and i'll uh i'll i'll speak to that you know a different podcast but uh the fact is 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 we were the best at what we did um and but is there room for improvement absolutely there is yeah. right and the room for improvement wasn't on the fire ground right it wasn't in in the back of the ambulances right it was it was at home mm. and that's where the this all stems from that's where right? the heart is that's where the heart is right mm. the the cheeky sign you buy at home goods but it's uh is the fact that you know no matter how badass of a fire slayer you were at work the one thing that struggled was always the home life yeah right because you look at the some of the most badass dudes how was their home life it sucked right they're divorced multiple times no kids or kids that don't care about them don't yeah. don't never come to the station you're like man i've worked with that guy for 10 years and i've never seen his family come to the fire station during yeah. any of the various holidays like why well because they fucking hate him because he's an asshole right because yeah. he's never learned how to not go home at a 10 right. he's a dickhead all the time right. right whether that be at work to be get the most out of his guys and then that's a whole nother podcast as well as of of how you get the best out of your guys um but that being said it's like some of the the legends that that we hold and i personally hold in high regard had horrible family lives yes because they weren't aware of any of this stuff right and my thing is is it's it sucks it sucks to see you know legends in my eyes now retired have a horrible retirement yeah because they gave it all to the fire department yeah and they left nothing at home you know, and, and it's, it breaks my heart with guys that I looked up to as a young firefighter, you know, 15 years ago or so, um, 
now looking at them in retirement and they're they're absolutely miserable and and it's like you know that's what i find so important in this this whole mental health you know bubble is the fact of that home life Mm, same because you know having my dad recently retired you know six years ago or so um and how how he's driving at home him and my mom are traveling and and you know he left some in the tank um for his retirement where you see too too often guys give it all uh to the fire department and they leave nothing at home and i think that's that's where that self-awareness really comes into play um with not only getting the best out of yourself at work um when you're when you're just accomplishing the day of of not only just going on the calls that you get but but being the best at those calls right being the professional um you know the best in the position that you're in that day whether it's you know on the on the truck or the fire engine or the ambulance um and and doing the best you can do and then going home and being the best dad the best husband you know the best spouse that you can um significant other um and and just you know making those basically bounce off each other to where being a great dad at at home makes you an even better paramedic yeah um and and vice versa right and and being able to to have those relationships where you're one is building off the other rather than tearing the other one down absolutely well, dude, I've enjoyed having you on this podcast, oh, man, it's been uh, dude. A, been a trip, dude. I doubt that this will be your last visit with us. Yeah. I hope you come back, oh, brother. Hundred percent. Yeah, dude. Uh, very enlightening. Very inspirational. I'm glad we finally met. Yeah, for sure. I feel um, blessed to receive this message. And if anyone wants to to hear this podcast or obviously listen to us on Spotify, if anyone wants to to get more information on your PowerPoint, mm-hmm. what what should they do? Uh, my my biggest thing is is I you know. I'm assigned fire station 33 on the B platoon. Um, you can, you know, look me up on network staffing. Um, you can reach out to me on my, uh, and it's crazy for me even to say this, my Instagram page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old guy. But, uh, <laughs> uh, my Instagram page, uh, the handles, uh, fire, um, firefight mentality, um, on Instagram, get me there. Um, and, uh, like I've been doing, um, you know, guys, uh, been reaching out to me and I, I try to schedule when i'm in town um to either get us get us uh, overtime day at your station um and give it or i will if you come to me and you want me to give the presentation i will i will go out of my way to make it over there um to your fire station and and give the presentation it's about an hour um and i'll, I'll make it happen um so um and i'll i'm down to do it whenever um if you just uh want the powerpoint on your own um, the only thing is with that, like it's, I'm one of those PowerPoint guys that, that doesn't just read off the slides. It's, it's just like you've heard today on the podcast. I kind of, you know, include a lot of personal stories with it. Um, and so I'd like to give it, um, and like I said, it's an hour You can talk to your captains, um, and reach out to me and we'll make it happen. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, my biggest thing is, is, uh, make sure that you reach, you know, reach out to somebody. Um, and if that's me, then come get it. 33B. I'll be there. Awesome, Bo. Thanks again for coming, dude. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you soon.